Well, good morning, family. Good morning, visitors are here for the first time or just the first few times as well. Welcome to Community Church this morning. Before we get started, I'm going to share one quick thing that just suddenly jumped out this morning. Acts chapter 3, you may remember the story, Peter walking past the beggar laying at the gate, beautiful. That beggar was in prime real estate if you're a beggar. He's right by the gate. Imagine a beggar laying right outside our front doors here. What are the chances he'd get some alms? Pretty good. You're coming in feeling like I'm getting close to God, so okay, better give something here. This guy is in prime real estate. How many times did Jesus walk past him and he didn't get healed? But in Acts chapter 3, Jesus has moved on. Peter's shadow falls on the man. The presence of God on a person and he gets healed. Now the interesting thing is that this beggar is laying at the gate called beautiful. You know how I like to take apart words. That word beautiful actually means more like perfect timing. The beautiful season. So if you've been waiting on God for something to happen and it hasn't happened yet, the timing of God is perfect. There's always a new day. There's something to hope for still. Because you don't know when the perfect time of God is. But lean in. Because if He's passing by, you've got a shot. So release your heart this morning to worship. Release your faith this morning. Let's join in together, family. Let's give the Lord a clap offering. Thank you, Lord. Well, I got some things to share today. Uh, you know, we've had a lot of good Sundays in a row, right? Yes, we have, okay? We've had a lot of good Sundays in a row. And uh, so I want to touch on a few things today. But before I do that, I just got this weird illustration in my mind this morning. Maybe it's not so weird, actually, but I was thinking of Spider-Man. Okay, everybody know who Spider-Man is? Okay, everybody should know the story of Spider-Man. I mean, he's been around for a long time. But I was thinking a little bit about Spider-Man, and I was thinking about the fact that at one point in time in his journey, he just walked around this earth like any common person. Uh, he might have been a little bit more nerdy, though. We know the Peter Parker. He was a little bit more nerdy. Uh, he may not have had a ton of friends and all that kind of stuff, but he still lived his everyday life. He was Peter Parker. And then all of a sudden, we all know that one day came and Peter Parker got bit by a... I was just going to say spider, but yes, a radioactive spider, right? And something began to change in his life, correct? But he wasn't aware of that, was he? No, he wasn't. He got bit by the spider. He woke up a little bit later. He went home. He did all those things. But all of a sudden, as he began to function in his life, he realized all of a sudden there was this power. There were certain things that he could do that he couldn't do before, correct? I started thinking about this and thinking, this is a lot of us on our journey. That we, too, were kind of like Peter Parker. And then we have this encounter with the Father. And then we're not exactly sure of what we're capable of doing. But I want to say something today. That you are capable of doing way more than you realize you can. That every single one of you in this room, as you begin to explore your faith, 
you're going to find out there's a lot more power inside of you than you realize. I preached a little while ago. I don't know if you guys remember it. I was talking a little bit about uh, David and Goliath. Anybody remember that one? Good. I'm glad. If you weren't here, I'm just going to touch on it because there's a few things that I want to hit today and chat about. But at the end of the day, I want to bring it back to this, that I, I feel like we need to understand who we are as sons and daughters of the Most High King, right? Now, I think Jim did a great job of just explaining to, the, us, explaining to us about our sonship and our daughtership, right? I think it's important for us to understand, though, again, what comes with that too, right? I think it's important for us to understand that as sons and daughters of the Most High King, when we actually make that commitment to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, everything changes, right? And the best way I can say this is like this. And I may have shared this before on a Sunday. I know I've shared it during the week. But I got thinking about this again. So I'm going to share it again. And I started thinking a little bit about, um, you know, when I go to my mom's house versus, say, when I go to, I don't know, Cam's house or whoever's house. And when I go to, say, Cam's house, I try to be respectful. I do an okay job? Okay, thank you very much. I appreciate that. All right? I knock on the door when I go there. I walk through the door. Cam normally comes, and he takes my coat. He hangs it up, right? I slowly come into the kitchen. I put my keys by his coffee maker all the time. And then we begin just to have communication, right? But I allow Cam and Teresa, they kind of do all the coffee making, and they do all that stuff. There's a few things I don't do, right? When I go to Cam and Teresa's, for the most part, I don't walk into their house, right? I don't throw my boots into the corner, Right? I don't just walk into their kitchen, throw my keys on the counter. Well, I kind of do that one. Right? And then I don't just walk into their kitchen and, and go, what's in the fridge? And I don't start taking whatever I want out of their fridge. Maybe some of you do that with your friends, all right? Okay, that's okay. But I don't do that, right? I don't think I have, right? Okay. Now, how many of you know when you go to your parents' house, it's a whole different story? It's true right? It's almost as if the respect thing goes right out the door, right? I mean, I walk into my mom's house, and when I do it, if I take my shoes off, right, they make it to the corner, right, somewhere in the house. I slowly just walk in. Hey, mom, how you doing? I walk right past her often, right? I go straight to the kitchen, right? I make my own coffee. I walk into the, I don't walk into the fridge. I open the fridge, and I explore, and I begin to take the things out that I want. Now, I always go to the ice cream, right? Because I want the ice cream stuff. And I take it. I grab the ice cream. And I go back in the living room. I put my feet up on their table, whatever it is. And I start to eat my ice cream, right? The reason I do all this is because I realize something. I'm a son. And as a son, I have full access to everything in my mom's fridge. Whether she likes it or not. Now, my mom's a good mom because my mom smiles when I do this. She does. She smiles every time. It's almost like she's so proud. I actually believe that she goes shopping and she buys these things because she knows I will show up at her house, right? And I will go after these. She knows it, right? She loves me so much she's already prepared, right? That's what my mom does, and I love that. And I want to challenge us in this because let me tell you something. 
when we begin to understand our faith and who we are as sons and daughters, we, be, we begin to realize we have full access to everything that he has. It's there for us. He tells us all you got to do is ask. It's there. All you have to do is believe. And it's there if it's in accordance with his will. Because I'll tell you what my mom's not going to do when I go over there. She's not going to give me drugs. She's not going to give me things that hurt me. Because she's a good mom. Right? He's a good God. So he knows exactly what we need and when we need it. Right? Now, I want to flip back to when I was speaking about uh, David and Goliath. And in 1 Samuel 17, I'll read the, I'll read the passage. 1 Samuel 17, verse 38. Now, when I spoke, I didn't get a chance to touch on this, but I think it's worth touching on because I think it actually is in, it's, it's in the area that we're talking about today. But it says, Then Saul gave David his armor, a bronze helmet, and a coat of mail. David put it on, stopped, strapped the sword over it, and took a step or two to see what it was like, for he had never worn such things before. I can't go in these, he protested. I'm not used to them. So he took them off again. He picked up five smooth stones from the stream, and he put them in his shepherd's bag. Then armed only with the shepherd's staff and sling, he started across to battle Goliath. I bring that up for this reason. Because as sons and daughters of the Most High King, he knows exactly what you and I need. And in some cases, it's different, right? Jim may have an armor, but if he puts that armor on me, it's not going to work. It's not going to fit. I may want the armor he has because it looks really good and amazing, but that armor was never meant for me. It's his armor. But God is so brilliant in this because this doesn't make sense to me in the moment because when you think of David that all he needed in that moment was a slingshot. We know every single other person looking at him said, this makes no sense at all. In fact, this kid's not going to be able to accomplish what what needs to be done. Saul says, at least take my armor. It's not going to work. It doesn't fit. And David says, I don't want any of this. Because, as we sang today, he was actually already walking in victory. He wasn't thinking the victory is about to come. He wasn't thinking in 20 minutes. He was actually already, I'm already walking in victory because I know who my king is. And in fact, I have the exact tools, weapons, armor that I need for the job. I don't know exactly what he was wearing, but I know he had a slingshot. And that's all he needed for the job. And I know this, God has placed in each and every one of us in this room, He's given us the exact tools we need to accomplish his task in life. It may not look like it. I'm sure Saul's armor was amazing armor. I'm I'm sure when it was looked at, it was like, "This, this is exactly what I would need. It will protect me. It will do everything I need. Oh, but it doesn't fit. Well, because it wasn't made for you. It's not what you need. 
In fact, if we explore David's situation a little bit more, we realize something. That the whole time David was living, functioning in life, that God was always preparing him for this moment. I mean, he even says it in the Word. He was fighting bears, lions. He was fighting all these things. And in the moment, I don't think he was fighting all these things going, oh, this is awesome. I know he's doing something more for me. I can't wait for that one. In those moments, I can guarantee you, he was saying, this is hard. This is too much. This is beyond what I can handle. This is beyond what I can control. But somehow as he learned to fight those battles, it prepared him for a greater battle. Right? And so God is doing the same things with you and me. We all look a lot different. We all have different giftings. But let me tell you something. He's given you what you need to fight the battles that you're going to fight. Some of us don't think this is true. We watch others. We see others and we think, no, if I only had what they had, then I know I could make it through all this. If my personality was more like theirs, then I... No! He's actually given you every single thing you need to get through every single situation that you will encounter and face in your life. It's within you. It's there. It's there. So he is challenging each and every one of us in this room. And I think the challenge is, do you believe me? Mark spoke about this a lot, right? He's talked a lot about faith. Do you actually believe that I created you as sons and daughters? Do you believe that I have your best interest in mind? Do you believe that I've actually equipped you with every single tool that you will need to make it through every single battle that you will face? Right? Can we as a people get to a place where we too start from victory? Right? We know it. He's our God. He's going to take care of us, and then he's going to challenge us to go further. This isn't just about me taking care of all your needs. The next phase is now I want you to begin to be my hands and feet to a world that's right in front of you. And guess what? I've given you everything you need for that one too. Every single thing. So I started to dwell on this a little bit more, and I realized something. And I I always think about myself in these situations And what is it within me that begins to creep back? What is it that is within me that begins to doubt these things? And again, I love telling stories. I always tell stories. So I'm going to tell you guys another story, whether you like it or not. Because that's what I do, right? That's one of my giftings, one of my strengths. That's how God uses me, is he places stories in my mind. And I want to tell you a story about a trip I took to Waterton. Is Gordon Donato here? These guys know Waterton, right? Absolutely. Who else has been to Waterton? Okay, the rest of you need to go to Waterton, all right? It is amazing and beautiful. Well, we've gone to Waterton probably, I don't know, six years in a row until these last two years because there were a bunch of fires there. And so in these last two years, we have not been to Waterton because we're waiting for everything to grow back. In fact, right now, if you go there, you can't go to the, the best hike in my 
uh, in my mind anyway, which is the Red Rock Canyon, because it's closed down. But every single year, we as a family, we would go there, and we'd go and we'd camp at uh, the Crandall campsite right close to the Red Rock Canyon, because that was our favorite canyon. And so every year, we had about four or five things that we would do while we were there. We'd always go to the town of Waterton, and we'd always have a hot dog because they have the best hot dogs on the planet. Some of us would go and hike Crip Mountain, which is one of the best hikes in Canada. We'd do probably four or five different other hikes, go to Crimson Lake, but the one thing we did multiple times is we'd go back to the Red Rock Canyon. Because at the Red Rock Canyon, it's just pure beauty. The color of the rocks are amazing. I mean, there's rock slides. My kids loved them. They would slide down these rocks into the freezing cold water and smile about it. They loved it. And every year it would be, are we going back to Waterton? Are we going? Yes, we're going back. So every year we'd go back. We'd find our little camp spot. We would do all those things. We would do our hike in the Red Rock Canyon. And every year we went to the Red Rock Canyon, we would hike the canyon to one spot. When we got to this one spot, it had a couple of these big rocks, and it was a sketchy area. And every time we got there for five years, I said, we're not going any further. This is far enough. This is too much. This is too hard. So we're going to stop right here. And we did that for five years straight. We did our hike. We got to that point, And we stopped at that specific place until one year. One year we got there. And I looked at my kids and I said, this is far enough. It's time to turn around. And my son looked at me and said, no, it's not. I said, yes, it is. This is too dangerous. I don't think you've looked at all the options. I think there's some options here. I think there's a way around this. I think we can do this. There's not a way. There's no way we're doing this. It's too dangerous. It's too scary. Well, we're going to do it. You can stay back. No, you're not. Yes, we are. No, you're not. Yes, we are. I mean, 15 minutes goes by, and I'm like, they're going to do it no matter what. So I realize I'm going with them because there's no way they're going to do this on their own. And all of a sudden, as we start to remove, maneuver, we get to this one little rock. And I remember thinking, this is it. I told them. My kid looks at me. I think if we just all hold each other's hands here, we can end up pulling one another up over this little hump. I'm like, well, you might be right. I didn't want to tell them that. <laughs> right? And I'm like, well, I got an idea. I think if we shift to this part here, just like a foot over, and we do that, it'll work, right? And so sure enough, we try it. We made it no problem. It was actually fairly easy. We got over this little hump. We got down to the other side. We started to walk. Within five minutes, we found rock slides we had never seen before, some of them over 30 to 40 feet long. We kept going, and all of a sudden, we got to this one little spot, and it turned a little bit to the right. And as we looked down there, we saw what we've never seen before ever at the Red Rock Canyon is a beautiful waterfall that only me and my kids went to. And we sat there for probably 30 minutes just sitting at the waterfall. And what do my kids say? 
See, Dad? Wasn't impossible after all, was it? It was very possible. In fact, we did this, and you would have never seen this waterfall if it wasn't for us saying, you can do it. You can make it. Just because you've never done it before doesn't mean you can't do it today. Because today finally happened. And then we realized something else is that trail goes a lot longer, a lot longer. And we are on that journey in our faith where God has taken us on this journey, on this walk. And for some of us, right, and I've done this many times, where I've thought, this is the place now. I'm going to go back here every single year, and I'm going to do the exact same thing every single time because this is exactly what works. Until God says, no, it's time to go further. It's time to go further in your, in your personal journey. And it's time to go further in changing our nation. Just because it hasn't happened yet doesn't mean it won't happen now. Just because you've never done it before doesn't mean you can't do it today. Just because it looks impossible doesn't mean it is impossible. In fact, he is saying to each of us, faith, 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 faith. Faith is walking forward. Faith is trusting that I will guide you and I will lead you. So I want to share a story out of the Bible. Because I think, uh, well, actually, let me read this scripture first. Because I think this is a powerful scripture out of Isaiah 40, verse 29. It says, he giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increases strength. Can I read that again? I want you to listen to this, because I think there are situations. I can't do this. This is too hard. I'm not strong enough. I'm not Mark. I'm not Cam. I'm not, it doesn't matter. And then the Lord says this, he giveth power to the faint, And to them that have no might, he increases their strength. That's what he wants to do for every single one of us in this room. So I want to read a story out of Exodus. We all know who Moses is, right? We're going to be in Exodus chapter 3 and chapter 4. And I want to share just some dialogue that happens between Moses and God. And this is some pretty powerful dialogue. Because I think a lot of us can actually relate to this in the moments. Now, we all know I'm picking up from where Moses had just had his encounter with the burning bush. And the Lord speaks to him. The Lord tells him uh, that he is the one who is going to lead his people from Egypt to the promised land. He's going to take the Israelites, and he's going to do this. It's going to be Moses. This is an exciting thing when all of a sudden you're given this call from the Lord, right? He has spoken something to you to do. And so we're going to pick this up in chapter 3, verse 11. Because Moses says this, But who am I to appear before Pharaoh, Moses asked God. 
How can you expect me to lead the Israelites out of Egypt? Then God told him, I will be with you. I'm going to read that again. Because I think we all ask the question, how? How is this going to work? This makes no sense. I'm some regular guy. And today, I'm going to go talk to Pharaoh, and he's going to give me permission, and eventually I'm going to lead the children of Israel from Egypt. Who am I? This makes no sense at all. And so again, God's word to him is this. I will be with you, and this will serve as proof that I have sent you. You have been bought, you have been brought, you have, sorry, when you have brought the Israelites out of Egypt, you will return here to worship God at this very mountain, very mountain. But Moses protested, I will go to the people of Israel and tell them, the God of your ancestors has sent me to you. They won't believe me. They will ask, which God are you talking about? What is his name? Then what should I tell them? God replied, I am the one who always is. Just tell them, I am has sent me to you. God also said, tell them, the Lord, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This will be my name forever. It has always been my name. And it will be used throughout all generations. Then he says, now go and call together all the leaders of Israel. Tell them, the Lord, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, appeared to me in the burning bush. He said, you can be sure that I am watching over you and have seen what is happening to you in Egypt. That's another one of those scriptures we need to grab onto. Because I know this. We can be sure that God is watching over us in every single thing that he's called us to do. So I want to skip down, and eventually in chapter 4, Moses continues to, pro- continues to protest. He says, look, they won't believe me. They won't do what I tell them. They'll just say, the Lord never appeared to you. Then the Lord asked him, What do you have there in your hand? A shepherd's staff, Moses replied. Throw it down on the ground, the Lord told him. So Moses threw it down, and it became a snake. Moses was terrified, so he he turned and ran away. Then the Lord told him, take hold of its tail. So Moses reached out and grabbed it, and then it became the shepherd's staff again. That should be enough right there, I would think. That moment... I don't know about you or me, but I know this. If I am standing here right now and I've got a staff, the Lord tells me to throw it down on the ground. If that turns into a snake, I'm going to flip out. In fact, every single one of you are going to flip out. You're going to pull out your phones. You're going to run up here. You're going to start videotaping the entire thing. You're going to say, a miracle has taken place. And then when I pick it up by the tail and it becomes a staff again, half of us are probably going to faint and fall over. Because this is the power of God. This should be enough. 
But the Lord says, no, well, stick your hand inside your shirt too. Now pull that out. What color's your hand now? It looks like it's got, yeah, it looks like it's got leprosy. Stick it back in. And it's gone. If that's not enough, take a little bit of the water from the Nile River. Pour it on the ground. And that water will turn into blood. I mean, this should be enough for Moses. But let's hear what Moses has to say about this. Moses, again, finds a way, right? And this is his word. And I want you to catch this because I think this is something he's trying to speak to every single one of us in this room today. He says, but who am I? Oops, sorry, wrong part. He says, but Moses pleaded with the Lord. Oh, Lord, I'm just not a good speaker. I have never been, and I'm not now. Even after you have spoken to me, I'm clumsy with my words. You need to highlight this next scripture. Because this is the Lord's response. Who makes mouths? The Lord asked him. Who makes people so they can speak or not speak? Hear or not hear? See or not see? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go and do as I have told you to do. I will help you speak well, and I will tell you what to say. Are we hearing this? Because let me tell you something right now. We have a dilemma that goes on all the time. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. I cannot do this. It's not me. I'm too weak. I'm not strong enough. I'm not good enough. I'm just some average Joe. I'm just this. I'm just that. And then the Lord speaks, and he says this. I created your mouths. All of you. I've created your eyes. I've created your ears. I've created your hands and your feet. I have created every single part of you. I am the God who said, I will come behind you. I will walk with you. I will guide you. I will lead you. But he also said this to Moses. You're going to need to be rescued at times. And I will rescue you. Which means it's not going to be easy. Which means there is a battle in front of us. But he's trying to get us to understand this. I created you. And whatever I've asked you to do, that's all that should matter. The whys don't matter anymore. The I can'ts should fall to the ground at this time. I mean, the creator of the universe is saying that you can do it. And something inside of us is saying, oh, no, I can't. Let me tell you something. Every single one of you in this room, yes, you can. Yes, you can. Whatever it is, the struggles that each of us face, guess what? You will get through those struggles. Why? Because that's his promise. Why? Because he will rescue you. Why? Because he's a good God. But I can't take the next step. Yes, you can. Actually, you can. 
Whatever it is that God has birthed in your hearts, he's asking us, it's the season for the I can'ts to fall down to the ground. We are seeing what's going on in our world. He is looking for a body who is saying, I can't. He's looking for a body who's going to say, I will. Because he wants us to be like David. I don't need your armor, Saul. I can do this because the Lord is with me. He goes before me and he comes behind me. I already have the victory. This is what he wants from each one of us. I mean, if we look into the word, we can think of so many stories, right? I can throw Peter in jail. He had everything he needed in that moment. Boom. The jail breaks open and he walks out. Moses at the Red Sea again. Does it make sense that a staff is the exact thing that he needed in that moment? It doesn't make sense, but guess what? Moses had everything he needed in that moment. Daniel in the lion's den. He had everything he needed in that moment. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had everything they needed in that moment. Why? Because they were never alone, right? They were never alone, and neither are you and I. We are never alone. He is always with us. He is always guiding us. He's always walking with us. Now, I know somebody alluded to some of these scriptures today, but I want to give you a few scriptures that I think we need to understand. 2 Peter verses 1 to 3 says this. It says, And we know Jesus better. His divine power gives us everything we need for living a godly life. He has called us to receive his own glory and goodness. His divine power has given us everything we need. Colossians 1.27. This is a, a short one. Christ is in you. The hope of glory. Galatians 2, verse 20. I am crucified with Christ, and it is no longer who, I who live, but Christ who lives in me. We have everything we need. He dwells within us. He gives us strength for every situation. That's the God we serve. So I wrote something down here, and I just want us to stand to our feet. I'm going to ask maybe Di or somebody can come to the piano. As I was praying, I felt like the, word, the Lord gave me a word to speak over this body. And so I want to speak this over this body because I believe this to be true. And then I'm just going to pray. And then I'm going to ask the worship team to come to the front, or not the worship team, the uh, ministry team to come to the front. Just close your eyes for a minute. I believe we're in a release phase of our destinies and callings. The Lord has taken us to a place where we are starting to believe Him in a new measure. I believe faith is being increased. Callings are being recognized. 
Fears are dissipating. Doubt is fading. Rejection is turning into confidence. Performance-orientated lifestyles are falling to the sidelines. Giftings are coming into alignment. And we're going to start to use them correctly. This is the phase the church is in. It's the phase to act. It's the phase to get past all our fears. It's the phase to get up out of that mud that holds us down sometimes and lulls us to sleep. It's the phase where fears dies. Where rejection doesn't shut us down any longer. Did you hear that one? Where rejection does not shut you down any longer. Where past failures do not shut you down any longer. Past wounds do not shut you down any longer. Because the healer is in the room right now. The season you're in today is the season where you get to get up and you get to start to walk forward in your faith, where you do get to see miracles begin to take place, where you get to see salvation on the streets, where you instantly get to walk away from your struggles because they have no hold on you. Because today's the day you realize I will walk from a place of victory. I'm not going to it. I already have it. It's here. It's now. It's in front of me. It's in my hands. In fact, it's inside of me right now. So I will get through any circumstance that comes my way. In fact, I'm going to get past that stuff, and I'm going to start doing what the Lord's called me to do. We are going to see the captives set free. We are going to see salvation in this city. We are going to see our government changed. We are going to see our schools transformed. So, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, right now, break off the fears. Break off the fears. Break off the lies. I can't do it. I'm not good enough. I'm not good with my words. God, break off the rejection that wants to take root in our hearts. It does not own us. It doesn't own you. Your season is now to get up, to throw the rejection to the side and say, I am a son. I am a daughter of the Most High King. And I can go forward. I am free. My mistakes have been forgiven. The enemy no longer gets to keep reminding me. It's done and it's finished. I am not meant to be on the sidelines. I'm meant to be in the game. I want you to declare this as a body. I choose to stand. I choose to say yes. The words I can't will no longer be part of my life. 
Jesus, I pray right now. I pray that you will make this a reality in our lives. A lot of us in this room want God to change us so that we can make this stuff happen. Let me tell you something. God's saying this. Get up and walk towards me. Get up and walk towards me. Get up and walk towards me. Get up and start doing the stuff. Get up. When I tell you to do it, you will see the change take place. So, Father, I pray a blessing over each person in this room. And I pray today is the day where they choose to say yes, where they choose to get up and walk fully in the callings that you've placed on every single one of their lives. Father, today is the day I pray for each one that they will no longer walk in the shame, in the guilt, in the condemnation, walk in the lies that say you can't do it, you won't do it, you're not good enough. Today is the day that each one gets to say that's not true. I'm a son of the Most High King. I'm a daughter of the Most High King. And today, if you're in this building and you do not know who Jesus Christ is, this is that moment where he's saying, I see you too. I see you. I want you. It's not that hard. All you have to do is ask me to come into your life. And I will. By simply saying, Jesus, I confess that you are my Lord and Savior. I choose to follow you today and for the rest of the days of my life. It's as simple as that. That you can do that wherever you're sitting right now. And God can start the process of transforming your mind, your heart, and every situation you've been through, been in. He can begin to break that off of you today because that's who He is. Do we agree with that? Amen. I know there are needs in this house. I know there are people who need prayer. This is that moment where you get to come up and people are going to pray for you. But at the same time, maybe you need additional prayer in this area because there's something you just can't get past. We want to pray for you. So please come and do that. So ministry team, come on up. Let them see that you're up here. I pray the blessing of the Lord upon you as you leave. I pray that the Lord would guide you this week, that he would lead you this week. In the name of Jesus Christ, can we all say amen? Amen. Amen.